0: You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Hey investors, Bradley here from Watson Estates. And you're listening to the largest, fastest growing podcast for Toronto real estate on iTunes, Spotify, and Google podcasts today, man, we had a good episode. I'm so glad to share with you my interview today with guest Alfonso Quadra, just a few accolades to share with you. He's the CEO of ARCA property management, founder of Quadra youth foundation, professional speaker at Keyspire. He's an author of a book called from the ground up TV host, producer, Man, this guy's got a large, a large list of accolades, but I'll tell you the most valuable thing he brings to this episode is his story. My goodness. You're going to love this one. If you're looking to be inspired in order to take that next step and grow your real estate portfolio, look no further. This episode is for you. If you could, if you're getting value, please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel and do Alfonso a favor and share this on social platforms as well. I know you're going to love this episode. Enjoy the show. Alfonso, thank you for joining us on the show. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, Pleasure to be here, my man. Pleasure to be here. A lot of, I see a lot of
0: good things. Keep it up. Thank you. And <laughs> when you sent me a message, I'm like, who is this guy? I'm going to learn a little bit about this guy. And as the more I learn, the more I want to know. And so I thought, you know what? Let's get this guy on the show. He could tell us a little bit about his story, which is a pretty good one from what I can tell. And I want you to motivate our audience today. We're going to play around with some of that. <laughs> I know you're laughing because you don't believe in motivation, but you're going to tell me why along yeah. the way. I want to. I want you to start off with your story. Tell us a little bit about uh, how, how did Alfonso become the guy he is today.
1: Whoa! Well, so I'm going to give you the cliff notes. Uh, we could be here quite a while, but um, you know, I was born in El Salvador, Central America, a little itty bitty country, smaller than New Brunswick, <laughs> right? And um, in the '70s, during a civil war, and. You know, we. Uh, my mom was uh, unfortunately caught up with politics there, and uh, we ended up in a situation where she was incarcerated, uh, illegally detained. You would, you, uh, you could say, and um, you know, there was a lot of like human rights issues, and and um, you know, this is what's going on in the seventies. You're probably too young to remember.
0: Definitely, uh, you too probably young weren't to even born
1: yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just aging myself right now. <laughs> but uh, 70s and 80s, a uh, lot of turmoil in Latin America, especially Central America, and so we moved around from country to country. Actually, ended up in two wars. So a war in El Salvador, um, you know, I had to go in hiding, and uh, you know, they, they thought they were going to kidnap me. I wasn't allowed out for about for over three years. My mom went to 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 prison, illegally detained because of some political issues. We moved around. Uh, we ended up in another country, Nicaragua. Also in, in, in Central America. And another war broke out. So uh, between the ages of two to nine, uh, I've spent it, you know, running away from regimes, um, running away from wars. Um, and after five years old, you start to, to realize, you, you become aware of what's going on in the world. And so by the time I had come to Canada, I was nine years old. We came here as landing refugees. From war torn uh, Nicaragua at the time. I was born in El Salvador. And, you know, I had a really rough time integrating into school. Now, think about this young person had to go from, you know, first of all, uh, I was in hiding, so I couldn't go to school. Um, And then moving country to country, you know, you don't get those educational opportunities like everybody else. And also, on top of that, in school, they never taught anything that i was interested in you know uh, i don't know if you're like me but you know i would i would be sitting there in school and i'm like why like why do i need to know this <laughs> so uh, you know i i asked a lot of good questions i asked a question uh, i asked a, a question uh, to one of my teachers when i was 11 years old 10 11 years old and i said because i heard this word mortgage and uh, i said i put out my hand i said okay Uh, I have a question. What's a mortgage? And the answer that I got was a mortgage is something you get when you're older. (laughs) Sounds exciting. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of true. It's not wrong. And even at 10 years old, I knew that wasn't an answer. (laughs) You know know what I mean? It's like like COVID, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So. So uh, I knew I was on my own, right? And so I got so frustrated with school and you know what, Uh, I I believe in education, but it just wasn't for me. I ended up dropping out of high school at 15. And because of some conflict at home, I also ended up leaving home. Now I'm 15 years old, uh, homeless, sleeping on park benches, in banks, uh, to my lowest darkest moment in my life was panhandling for, for change. And the reason I, I bring that up in, in, uh, in interviews and, and, and on stage is to make people realize that, okay, I had a dark moment, but we all have, have had dark moments. Like As I'm talking about a, a dark moment, you could probably think about a, a dark moment in your life where you're just so frustrated and you, you're, you're almost at a point where you, you want to give up right? And, you, and, and and your listeners right now can probably think about a dark moment in their life where they're just like, why me, right? And at 15 years old, imagine, you know, I had so much blame in my heart. I had so much, I was, I had so many reasons to be angry and like, how did I end up there? And so much blame. And, you know, it, it, at 15 years old, I felt like the entire world was against me. And <clears throat> You know, and so I learned a lot on those streets, I had a lot of dark moments, but I had a life-changing moment. And I think, I think this is where you wanna to get to when we talk about motivation, inspiration, um, and finding your why. So at 17 years old, I became a father. And that changed my life forever. I looked at this little girl and I, I knew that um, I had to take responsibility over my life. I didn't have many skills, uh, but I went back to school, um, got a job. Jobs weren't paying much back then. Five dollars an hour. You can tell how long ago that was. (laughs) Actually, I have.
0: I I was too young to remember that.
1: I was 17. Right. (laughs) Look, look, I'm going to share this picture with you right here. I'm sitting. This is in my office. This is my daughter, Talia. She's 25 today. She's 25 old today. 25 years old. She's turning 26 this year. So you can see how long ago that was. But it was a life-changing moment because I discovered purpose. Mm-hmm. That was my why, you know. And at 17, that can be very powerful. And, and a, a purpose powerful enough can make you unstoppable. And so I got a job, $5 an hour. Um, and it was it was hardly enough to, to, to feed a, a small family. I was going to school uh, full-time, and I had this little job. And... So what I did was I started a little business, a little um, what they call it now, side hustle, but it was uh, it was a clothing business out of my locker in high school, you know, selling uh, jeans, T-shirts. I would go to uh, I would go uh, to Toronto, Montreal, uh, New York, and buy mixtapes and jeans and T-shirts and sell them out of my backpack in and locker in high school. Now, what I discovered was the power of profits. If if someone, if one of your listeners uh, is taking notes, this is a definitely a, the time to take notes, the power of profits. And at 17, I learned such a powerful lesson. On one side, my hour was, was worth $5 an hour. And on the other side, I could flip a pair of jeans that I was that that I bought for $20, for $60, making a $40 profit within a 10-minute transaction. Now, I didn't know the words profit at 17. I didn't know, you know, I didn't understand all the business behind it. All I knew is that I flipped my money, right? And that's what I wanted to pursue for the rest of my life. I knew that, you know, if I could find a product that was valuable enough and I could find it at a discount, I could sell it retail. That's all I knew. My 17 year old brain was saying, this is somehow better than dishwashing for $5 an hour, right? Right. And so I pursued profits for the rest of my life. I opened a physical location at 19. Um, by the time I was 21, um, that, that first location ended up being, it turning, ended up uh, resulting in multiple stores across Canada. I was extremely successful in the clothing business. The only problem was that I was very much a consumer at 21. Bradley, how old are you?
0: <laughs> I'm 30, sir.
1: <laughs> so, Because you look 25, I was gonna say.
0: You know what? I, I was, I'll take that as a compliment. I try and shave to try and get that <laughs> little bit extra, but it didn't work today. Well, okay, so, so,
1: so that was 10 years ago for you or nine years ago for you. And so remember being 21, if you had access to all this money, like a company that was, you know, you know,
0: pretty much printing money, what would you do at 21? Dude, I was nowhere in this mindset at the age of 21. But what would you do if you had access to that (laughs) I don't know. Blow it, I guess. Yes. Yes. Yes!
1: That's what I did. I blew it. (laughs) (laughs) Cards, jewelry. Uh, I had moved to Miami and, uh, you know, When the market correction came in 2001, as a result of 9/11, I'd never even—I didn't even know that existed. I didn't know that there was recessions, and uh, you know, I didn't know there was recoveries, expansions. I had no clue. I didn't even know what a recession was. And you know, there was a mini market correction after 9/11. Things stopped. Everything froze. And I was uh, inexperienced. I had no reserves. Um, and I almost lost everything. So at 21, uh, I had a, you know, almost a million bucks in my bank account. And now we fast forward to 24, I'm negative a million dollars. So now I blew through everything and, uh, I had all this stuff and none of the stuff was had any value. And so I remember being extremely depressed and feeling down on myself. It's like, damn, like, you know, I forgot about why I started. Right. Mm. I forgot about the reason that I started and I started to, to ask better questions, right? Like, first of all, this is not the way, you know? And so what's the way? And so I I was fortunate enough to, to meet some mentors and they, they, uh, they gave me some books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich. And these two books were kind of like the gateway drug to hundreds of other books about wealth, you know, uh, investing. And what I discovered was, number one, I was very much a consumer. But number two, that I was vulnerable in business because I only had one stream of income. Right. And so at that point, what I realized after reading all those books is that all wealthy people own real estate. And. And real estate is the most powerful asset for the, for the wealthy because leverageable. And the combination of business and real estate is what gives the 4% an unfair advantage over the 96%. And so at that point, when I was uh, 22, 23, 24, going on 25, I realized the value of real estate and I was gonna build a, a second income stream and in this case, I've said to myself, I want this income stream to be indestructible, Armageddon proof, right? <laughs> and that's, that's why I chose multifamily. And I changed every, I, I, I converted my mindset from a consumer mindset to an investor mindset. Uh, after all, almost losing everything, my, my business flourished. I went back and rebuilt my business. Um, I reduced my cost of my expenses. I I sold the Cadillacs, the the Mercedes, the BMWs, and I bought a a economical car, right? Dodge Neon for anybody that's ever owned a Dodge Neon. I mean, you know, I I was proud to drive that Dodge Neon. I bought a triplex and I moved into one of the units and slowly I started to build that portfolio and then boom, 2008 came. And 2008 was the next market correction. And 2008 was the the, the the first time I was able to take advantage of the market correction because now I'm in real estate. Uh, I know exactly what I'm doing. I got cash on hand. Um, you know, um, I was no longer depending on one stream of income. And so now 2008 comes where the all the the money just disappeared. Now we didn't in Canada. We didn't get hit as bad as they did in the U.S., where there was a market crash. Right. But it was definitely a correction here in Canada. On top of that, uh, money disappeared, and so, and I was in apartment buildings in, in, in that time. And so, what I discovered was, you know, um, CMA the CMHC model, right? Because that was the that was the only. Uh, lending that was really available in 2008 were insured mortgages and so they have a very strict underwriting policy and so I remember being so frustrated and asking really good question questions like why do you guys underwrite properties in such a way uh, apartment buildings and they said well we it, we we don't want to lose <laughs> well I don't want to lose either <laughs> <laughs> so I started to adopt that that underwriting philosophy to my business and since that, since then I've scaled to owning a pro- apartment buildings all across Canada, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of doors from New Brunswick, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Ontario, Quebec. and I've just fa- I fell in love with with apartment buildings. That's what I do full time. I have a professional property management company. Uh, I love to teach people. I'm on stages before COVID. I was on stages all across North America teaching people on how to invest, how to go from the consumer mindset to the investor mindset. And if you can make that shift, because it starts with mindset, if you can make that shift, your life will change forever. So I hope that wasn't too long (laughs) <laughs> but I, mean, uh, I, thought
0: I love letting guests speak and I'll tell you, one of the things I love about you, Alfonso is first of all, you're extremely authentic. I think regardless Appreciate. of the story, you're very, you come by it very humbly. And I, I just love your, the way you've been able to take your circumstances and, and be able to really self-evaluate. Like you've really been able to identify who you are today and where you want to go. And you've had no shortage of bumps along the way. Right. So that's, that's, that's what makes fantastic. it fun though. That's what makes it fun. <laughs> I guess so. Not in, oh, not in the moment, not in the moment, not in the moment, not in the moment, moment. Feel like pulling... look, talking look, about it I'm, after maybe i lost my hair,
1: you know, <laughs> some of those moments, but guess what? Um, at the end of the day, that's life, right? It's the ups and downs that make it interesting. Right. And you just have to learn from every down. So the next time there's a down, it's not you. You don't you don't go you don't go as far down as you know more than you have to, right? It's just like you know people live this roller coaster life, right? If you're living a roller coaster life, it's because you're not learning from your mistakes. What it should be, it should be like a rolling valley, right? You have ups and downs, but your ups are yeah yeah they're they're, they're up. But you know what? You're not you're 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 there's some downs and the downs are not too down. But you know you but at the end of the day you are just growing, you're progressing. And as long as you're better than yesterday, and as long as you're better today than you were last year and the year before, if you're progressing, you're growing. That's where life fulfillment comes from.
0: Yeah. I mean, when we speak to a lot of uh, investors, they have their kind of why and they give us the highlights, but what I love about your story is people can relate to what you're saying, you know, and you're being, this is where I think that authenticity comes in. Now I wonder as a speaker and, and as a host and a lot of these, I guess all the things you're doing coaching and otherwise do you find some people say, well, you know what, Alfonso, like, I don't have that kind of story. Like I don't have the war torn story and get it all and lose it all. Do you find that that is something that is a requirement or have you found that that's just, Absolutely your story? Not. I'm, I'm curious no. what that pushback looks like.
1: Yeah. So, I, uh, I, I definitely know where, where you're coming from and you don't need that story. And my story is not the worst story that there is. Right. It's just my story and uh, I've decided not to be a victim in my own story right And I guess is we all have a story that we tell ourselves right and are you a, uh, are you are you a victim in your story or are you a survivor right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a coaster or you're an expander in your story like what is what is a story that you're consistently telling yourself? That's what matters right And you know like my daughter, she's 26 now, and uh, she's entering the world of business and she's, you know, she, she has her business. She had, she had that because you know what? She didn't live a war torn life, you know, and you, it's not like I'm going to create that for her. You know, I, the reason I, I work so hard is so, is so my kids, I have two daughters, Talia and Alicia. The, the second one is, uh, is 14 years old, but it's not like a, you know, it's hard to, to, you know, to create that for them that hustle, that hunger, and it's easy to have that when you have nothing, but what if your life was ordinary, right? What if you were a suburban kid, right? What, what if, if, you, this is what if you didn't live
0: on the streets, and, right? And the funny thing is, is a lot of parents, I know for myself too, and not to say my story is, is anywhere like yours, but I would, and not to say it's better or worse, it's different. But that's something that I, as a parent, think about all the time is like, how do we create the grit in, a, in the next generation? Or if that's us, if we are the next generation, which I'm probably closer in line to that, how do I get this grit? How do I get this inspiration or motivation? Yeah. To, uh, whether it's push or pull to something, how do we create that? Because I think that has been the, the key to your success. If we were to be yeah. perfectly honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it was uh, it's like a pendulum, right? So my pendulum swung all the way over there. And, um, you know, I, I definitely get inspired from other people's stories, mm-hmm. right? Um, the reason I share my story, I feel that like I have a responsibility to share my story and just to show people that someone can come from literally nothing, right? right. Um, and, and, and make it like- And bring uh, value to this country. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, 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 like for example, I, um, when I was, um, I told you I stepped in a bank. And a few banks, actually. A few years ago, um, I was hired by the National Bank of Canada to go and train their top level executives on success. And uh, I remember getting up there and I said, guys, uh, you know, you wouldn't believe it. Life is full circle, right? Because when I was 15, I slept in one of your banks. And now I'm here teaching you about success. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's like, like that's how I started to talk, <laughs> you know, and uh, life is full circle. And if you if you feel like you can't if you can't find uh, something within yourself, look at other people's story to be inspired by, you know, and, and that's why that's why, um, you know, you, you started talking about the motivation uh, component. And the reason it's like you're not you don't need to have. Um, a crazy story, Uh, you know, you don't have to come from a really, really dark place in order to be extremely successful. Um, It happens, but not everybody, not everybody has that, right? Like Bill Gates, Bill Gates lived in suburbia. He was a, you know, a regular kid. His mom, uh, his mom um, was part of a university and he was able to have access to computers at a very early age. Right. So there's something to be said about the 10,000 hours. Right. So Mm -hmm. look for others, look for others' stories to be inspired. What I tell my daughter is find something to hold on to within your life so you can say, you know what, that's the reason. Like there has to be a why. Like that why has to be powerful to you and you only. And it could be something like your, your best buddy told you it's not possible right? Something as simple as that, you can grab onto it, right? Your car breaks down and it's uncomfortable. You know what? You can grab onto that, right? Um, You know, um, your your credit card gets declined, right? In front of your friends or your family. That can be an embarrassing moment. And you say to yourself, you know what? That's the last time that's going to happen to me ever again right? It just has to be a moment in your life that's significant to you that you can grab onto. Look look at other stories for inspiration. And here's the next thing. Put in the work. 10,000 hours makes you an expert at anything, makes you qualified at anything. And what you're doing here with this podcast, you're doing exactly that. You're leveraging other people's story stories to add to your, the value that you're going to add to other people's lives.
0: Dude, I'm getting all the value. We don't need any listeners in this room right now. And this has been worth every second.
1: <laughs> well, that, well, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. look, you know what you, you created a platform that serves others, but indirectly it, it also serves you.
0: Absolutely. You, and, you sound like you're straight out of Think and grow rich book. When you talk like all of the examples you're giving all have an emotional link to it. Like that emotion yeah. that you're putting behind the why is where you kind of get that extra push. You yeah. know, that's what I'm kind of hearing in that explanation there.
1: Yeah. And we we talked about the motivation. The, the problem with motivation is that it's short term, hmm. right? Even the, even the, the, you know, you know, like you can go rah, 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 go to a, an event where everybody's like, and when you go home, there's nothing. Right. Because that's motivation. You can motivate the football team and they will go perform that day but what you're looking for is inspiration mm-hmm. cuz inspiration the second you're inspired something switches in you and the pendulum starts swinging the other way and you start you start on a momentum and if 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 you can add more fuel by understanding why you're doing something by understanding your why you become unstoppable right And so it's inspiration that actually gets people to uh, change their lives for the long term. Motivation is short term. Like you you can motivate a monkey and all you have is a motivated (laughs) monkey, right? And so that motivation and where people like, oh, you you motivate me. I don't want to motivate you. I want to inspire you Mm -hmm. to change. I want to inspire you to change behavior because that will have an ultimate impact in, 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 in your life not just motivation. Right. And so look for inspiration versus motivation.
0: So Alfonso, let me ask you this, man. So I'm sitting here, I've got maybe a little portfolio of properties and I want to blow up. I want to go crazy big here. What do I do? What comes next? What's, what's Um, my, what's the catalyst to inspire me? Yeah.
1: So this is, this is something that I noticed, uh, back in, in uh, March, almost a year, (laughs) almost a year of COVID. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I started to to look uh, closely at people's behaviors right so i noticed that there was people that um people that retreated right they they contracted during that time I Noticed that too right
0: yeah.
1: uh there was people that were just like s- spectators and they're like no it's gonna change everything's gonna be all right by april you know or by 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 june uh, by august but you know but it's okay. I'm just going to watch the news, watch Netflix. Everything's going to be all right. Or next year or next year. And then there's people that took action. There was people that expanded during that time. Right. And I was one of those people that when the second COVID hit, I went right into action and it's timestamped. I have a, I have a YouTube channel and I went, I What's went it
0: right
1: called? To, uh to Alfonso Quadra, If you go to YouTube, you type in Alfonso well, Quadra. My in the
0: links too. Everyone can check it yeah.
1: out. Yeah. So you can go to my, my channel on YouTube. And, and back in March, it's time, time stamped. Um, I did a video. It was like, you know, my ideas, my thoughts on COVID. That's all it was. And I said, guys, uh, first things first. You have to stand in your truth. And you have to admit and realize that life will never be the same ever again. Never, never again. And two, uh, get ready for massive opportunities that are getting coming our way and take the time right now to build relationships. Anyways, so that video, um, you know, I think it was like 800 views or 900 views. Anyways, I would say a big portion of that people that viewed that video came back and said, Alfonso, how can you say this? You don't know what's going to happen. You don't have a crystal ball. You can't say we're not going to go back to normal or whatever. I said, guys. I don't care on whether we go back to normal or not. All I know is, you know what? I'm right now I'm I'm expanding and I'm leaning into COVID. I'm not going to just sit here and freeze. I'm going to lean into it, right? And so for someone like you that has a portfolio of properties, you need to be always in consistent expansion. Whatever your goals are, double them. Because a good goal is something that scares you and excites you at the same time. And so, uh, for example, the goal in our business, we have a ten-year goal of um, a ten-year goal of getting to seventy-five thousand doors, and a five-year goal to get into seventy-five hundred. Okay. Now, I already know in my mind exactly what I'm going to do, but I can't wait for that to happen. I have to take massive action right now in order to, to make that happen. I'm the driver of that, right? And so what I, what I do is I reverse engineer. I ask myself, what does i uh, I'll start with the five years at first. So I, I take the like the macro goal and then I start to uh, break it down into manageable pieces. And so let's go to five years, $7,500. So if we were a company that had 7,500 doors, what would that look like? What softwares would we have? What kind of people would we have? What kind of personnel would we have? How would we organize? You know, the, the, there's going to be a whole infrastructure, and so so now, now I bring that goal into the present, and I and I start operating as as if I have the seventy five hundred doors right now. Meaning I'm 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 hiring the right people. We have the right softwares to be able to support that uh, that type of inventory. And so most people, they say to themselves, well, when I get there, then I'll hire my first, you know, uh, assistant, or I'm going to hire my first property manager, or, you know, right now, because I'm small, uh, I'm going to do everything myself. And so going back to your question, you know, um, someone that has a small, uh, a small portfolio, which it's all relative, right? It's a small as it's a matter of a perspective because what you you have and what you've accomplished is probably massive to somebody else. But it doesn't matter where you are. Number one, double your goals and now bring that into the present by by operating as if you are already there. And so what kind of properties are you gonna be looking at? I bet you all the properties you're looking at probably are not in alignment with the goals that you have for yourself and so why are you wasting your time right so look at your goal 10 five years and then every single action needs to be in direct alignment with those goals
0: beautiful let's go get it guys <laughs> let's do it <laughs> let get it uh, Alfonso man can you tell us where uh, where people can find you on social hey. on
1: you know what, uh, started my YouTube channel. I have a lot of content there. Uh, I give, I give, I give, I want, I want to, uh, I want to change people's mindsets. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be remembered for the doors, the cars. Um, I want to, I want to be remembered for the people that have helped. And if someone, uh, if someone can take this podcast, I don't know, what are we? 20 minutes, half an hour. Uh, and they got something out of this today. This my my job, my job is done, right? Because I'm on a mission to change people's lives. You know, whether it's one person at a time, one conversation at a time, whether it's a lot of people. So my YouTube channel, reach out. I'm very Googleable. Um, all the socials, TikTok. Uh, I'm always giving content. I'm always giving value, and I I always want to be. I always I always come from a position of serving.
0: Love that. Love that guys. If you did get value out of the show today, like I did, please share it. Uh, you can go to the podcast, share it on Instagram, whatever. Please like this video. If you're following us on YouTube and dude, this has been, you've pleasantly surprised me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely inspired. Hey, you know what?
1: That's what we wanted, right? We wanted not motivation.
0: That's right. All right. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time amen. man.